Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Dragon Throne. Dragon Throne is from Finland. This band mixes power metal, speed metal, and sublime metal to deliver a magnificent work that takes you on an amazing journey. Sit back and enjoy. Dawnbringer is the first part of the Dragon Burst saga, and here is my interview with Dragon Throne. Hello, my friend. Well, hello. Can you hear me? I can. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How about you? Doing great. I wanted to thank you guys for taking time to speak with me today. Well, thank you for having us. I wanted to ask you, uh, how was the recording process for Dawnbringer? Ante, can you, you give him a good response? <laughs> <laughs> did this, how did the story come about for the songs? Adjust my <laughs> microphone and stop. Okay. Okay, now I'm good. Now I'm good. Can you ask me again that question? Sure. Um, how did the songs come to you for Don Bringer? Um, well, me and Auntie, we made the songs. We wrote the songs earlier, like in 2019. And I did a little bit of storytelling on my computer. I, I wrote a story, like a fantasy, a story about a dragon and some heroism and chivalry and stuff. And I think the songs just found their places. We had uh, some good song bases, and it was almost a pure luck that uh, they fit together so well, and we found them. And the lyrics on the songs are based on the stories I have written on my computer. So I think the songs came up pretty well, and we were a little lucky, I guess. Yes, they sound great together and it tells a great tale. I wanted to ask if you could speak on the song Dragon Scar. Okay, Dragon Scar. Well, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm certain that the Dragon Scar song has the best riff Antti has given to our songs, in mm -hmm. my opinion, and I think he is too. And um, the Dragon Scar song, it tells about the hero confronting the evil and the evil is um, joining together its forces and it's about desperation and stuff. It's a it's very theatrical song. Um, it's I could tell it's the most hardest song for me because it has a lot of parts where I need to put myself into the space of the hero or the evil dragon or the evil spirits and stuff. So I'll have to put a lot of myself into that song and the display of the song and how I bring it out so that it sounds <laughs> enough theatrical to be sure. And I also wanted to ask you about the song Silver City. Auntie, are you here? Yes, yes, I finally managed to. You... Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> do you want to tell him about the Silver City for this? Um, do you mean like uh, recording or composing or composing? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, what I remember was that um, that was really hard piece to compose. <laughs> really, really hard. I think it was the the main riff was the second one that we actually made after Awakens Rukval. And that was really hard, hard to do. I remember um, at the end, there's this um, guitar lead going back behind the solo. And mm. uh, I took uh, I took basically the whole thing from one part of the Blind Guardian song. I can't remember which song it was, but it was like a two or three second part that they used at the intro and never came back to again. And I was like, okay, that sounds really cool. Uh, maybe we could uh, take it and make it something a bit bigger. And I also wanted to ask each of you, if you had to pick your favorite tracks, what would they be and why? Okay, now we also have our bassist Johnny on the line. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now there's three of us. <laughs> uh, well, I can begin. Uh, in my opinion, well, I think the title song Dawnbringer is the most important one to me because it is the epic ending for the story and uh, orchestrations and stuff. I had a lot of lot of myself in that song. I wrote it very much of that song. I did wrote and Auntie did too. And well, it's just a song that I like to listen and it gives me great confidence to hear my my vocals and everybody playing in that song. It is a great track. It's my favorite from the, the title track, Don't Bringer. It's my favorite. Hmm. Uh, well, for me, I can't, uh, I can't really like choose a favorite. Uh, the thing is that basically all the tracks, they have, uh, they have something to say. They took, took a good while to write. Basically, we began at, uh, was it like 20, 2018 or 2019? Um, it was 2019. Yeah. So it, it took a good while to write write all the songs. So really hard to pick the favorite. I actually listened to uh, Hayao Miyazaki. I don't know if I actually get the name right, uh, but um, basically the Ghibli director. And he said uh, at one interview that... Um, if there's no spirit in the uh, drawing, then what's the point of the drawing? And that's basically what the songs are about. Yeah, if you don't have like anything behind the composition, like um, be it like a good melody that brings something to mind, or like fist pumping riff or anything like that, if it doesn't like, um, if it doesn't uh, make you feel anything, that's the like the worst thing you can do when you write a song. And uh, that's basically why Absolutely. I, yeah, it's really hard to pick a favorite because every one of the songs like evokes something, of course, in a different way. But um, yeah. I also, want, I also <clears throat> want to ask if you guys could speak on the album artwork and the artist involved. Um, well, I can answer that. Um, the artwork was, um, it is, it's, it's magnificent. That's what I have to say first. 
I'm, yeah, I'm very proud of proud of the artwork. It's made by um, my very good friend. I have known her for a long time, Kaisa Kovanen. Um, she's a tattoo tattoo artist. Has Kalamhalla Tattoo Artist Workshop in here in Finland, and uh, I we had a little bit of problems finding someone with the drawing skills to make the artwork we wanted. We wanted it to look like us, epic and majestic and all that. And then suddenly uh, we found, or actually I didn't even know that Kaisa was so talented in drawing. I found her drawings and tattoo things on the Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, you are a real talent. Did you know that? And she was like, oh yeah, thank you, thank you. thanks a lot. And I think Kaisa, Kaisa was <laughs> convinced by my saying that she is really talented one. And I showed the guys a little drawings she had made. And we all together said the same, that she is probably the one who deserves to draw our artwork on the album. And I asked her to draw something. Uh, there could be a hero with a sword, and Antti was hoping there would be a dragon on the drawing, so that was also said. And then I asked if there could be a little bit of something like castle or something on the background, mm -hmm. but still I gave her pretty good space to draw whatever she had her mind. So do, do what you can, do your best, and show us what you can do. And that's, that's it. She revealed the artwork for us few two weeks before the releasing of the album and we were astounded by, by how great the art was she's a talent guys absolutely yeah the thing is that like especially like um this kind of dessert uh like uh arab type of things are really hard to do right because they are really used already like there's so much so much artwork and stuff already made from the same like same themes that we actually use and i was really surprised how well she she used uh, like got the like got the mystique right that uh, it's not like well it's it's kind of like using the familiar themes but it uh, uses them a bit differently It definitely immerses you into the album as well. Yeah, and uh, really, like, at the level that we are operating from, like, because we are a low-level band, uh, stuff like that really matters, because if someone is... Um, well, if the artwork isn't eye-catching, no one's going to listen to your album. That's just a fact, because you only get the one first impression. If, if you screw that up, then it's... Like the listener is not gonna come back. And I also wanted to ask, what can fans look for next from the band? Will there be a video, a tour, anything of that nature? We are going to film or start filming a music video tomorrow, actually. Are you allowed to say what song? Yeah, <laughs> ah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. It will be it will be from the the single that we published in in June, the okay. Nevermore. 
so video for that song and we'll start filming it tomorrow and then we'll see how long it takes to film but uh, we should have I don't know half of it filmed by tomorrow and I also wanted to ask how did the band form yeah it was kind of an accident actually um I lost my job at Uvascula, which is the closest, like, closest, like bigger, bigger uh, city here, and we decided that uh, decided to move away from the city to a like a bit smaller place where there's more woods and stuff. That's li- uh, really a finished trade to get in the middle of the woods with no one inside. Uh, yeah, so we moved there and uh, through some some. <laughs> situations we um, managed to meet with Santu, uh, not related to music in any way, but yeah. And um, I remember that uh, I heard Santu is uh, playing drums at the local band and I was like, okay, yeah, well, I've been away from the music circle uh, circles for a while now. And I was like, okay, would be great to have some jamming or something like that. And I was like, okay, let's go and have some fun with the instruments and then see what happens. And we went for one rehearsal, so I was like, okay, yeah, well, we really, like, click. We didn't have any songs yet or anything like that. We just played whatever came to our minds, and I was like, okay, yeah, this sounds fine. Uh, next week, I was like, I bought the Engel amp and a big Marshall, like, cabinet and stuff like that. And Santo was like, what are you doing? Like, we played once. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, but this is going to work. You're going to move to my band and we're going <laughs> to do some stuff together. <laughs> and uh, after that, we had some uh, issues because the smaller towns are, like in Finland, they are really, really small. Uh, if we talk about Anekoski, which is the place we operate now, it has like 20,000 people and it's considered a city by Finnish standards. So our our cities and towns are really, really small. Um we had some issues getting people playing with us because even though Anekoski is a metal town in a way, uh, it's not the type of metal that we play. It's mostly like more uh, heavy stuff like screaming and stuff like that. Uh, so we had a few few people come and go, especially with the singer. It was really uh, challenging to say the least. Uh, but we uh, finally managed to get get uh, real people uh, playing, and uh, Santu went from playing the bass to playing the, uh, the uh, I mean, singing. And maybe he can tell about uh, tell more about the uh, personal swaps that we had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, as Antti mentioned, we had a few people with us singers and drummers and stuff and there was just something uh, just something seemed to be missing and then by by it was actually that um, I found use by a little bit of accident through the YouTube channels and Instagram I, I knew Yusa but I didn't know Yusa played guitar so well so we invited him to come to our rehearsal space and give us something show show how he can play if he wanted to play with us and he said of course of course he he would like to come and play and show what he can do and 
he gave us a little taste through a YouTube channel, showed us one solo for Awaken Surupal. Uh, he uh, created it in like a week or two, and we both, me and Antti, said it was it was good, it was great. So come come and show us more what you can do. And one time he came to our rehearsal space and we played together and we told you that you are hired, you are with us now. And from that moment on, uh, it took us a year and a half, I think, to find the rest, Joni and Tommy. They came together with us last last um was it like autumn yeah something like it's, that it's it's basically uh, we are approaching the the one year mark with me and Tommy. yeah yeah i like i that. knew i joined through it was also sort of lucky as everything in music business tends to be uh i know you are from from the university we studied at the same university and we had some some friends in common and Jules's wife was my colleague a year ago. We worked in the same school. And then one time, one time we were carpooling to work and we just talked about music. And she mentioned that Yuzo has a band that is searching for a bass player. And I, just, well, I replied, well, I'm a bass player in search of a band. <laughs> so I'll... I'll I let Yuzo know and then I contacted Yuzo and I got a few demo tapes from the songs. There were four songs. that The the Nevermore single and then there was Dragon Scar and, and uh, Silver City, although it had a different name and the song was quite different back then. But yeah, I practiced those and then a few of those and then played once with the guys and uh, they told me I was hired and Tommy joined uh, I think two weeks after I had I had uh, joined the band I think it was a week that like the second rehearsal when I went uh, Antti came to the rehearsal space and told us that a drummer contacted us and should we invite him to play with us for to test test him out and then I think it was my third rehearsal overall when Tommy was in the, for the first time and yeah he was hired instantly as well yeah drummer and singer were like probably the hardest ones to get uh well we didn't really uh we didn't really search for a bassist like we needed one but we didn't really uh we didn't really post any uh any like notices or anything like that we just uh, kind of wished that someone would find the place <laughs> but yeah the drummer was hard because uh you have heard the album you know it's pretty technical on the drum side absolutely yeah it's really hard to fill those boots and i'm i'm gonna have to say that uh, even though tommy is like youngest of us he's like really really talented He's like a drum machine or something like that. You just, especially we noticed this when we were recording, like each of us got like, we had to use like takes, like so many takes. Tom is like, he, uh, we actually scheduled that it's going to take like one weekend to get the drums for a few songs at least. He comes in four hours later, we're going going to the lunch and we have half the tracks recorded on the drums. Wow. Yeah, he's like super good player. 
Singer was also a bit of a challenge just because, um, well, it's hard to find like uh, metal singers here, like classical style. Uh, we didn't really want um, like the Rhapsody of Fire style, like really high pitched wailing stuff. Mm. Uh, and uh, all the people who like tried to get in were like, well, you just you just hear when it's not a great fit, you know. It just doesn't sound like, right? It, yeah, it's lambs. So that was a great find that uh, Santu actually had the, yeah, he has the charisma for the vocals because it's not just about how you sing because you're kind of the front of the band, like you're gonna have to take the like the front side. It's just there's no option really. So Santu is crazy enough to go for that. <laughs> and I <laughs> admire him for it. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you all, um, how did your musical journey start? What, uh, at what age did you start playing? Well, I can, I can begin to answering for that. Uh, I started playing bass guitar when I was like uh, 12, 13, something like that. So um, there are something like 10, 10, a bit more years behind the bass playing. But um, I have actually been singing <laughs> for one year now, actively. So <laughs> uh, I, I began singing actively last year when I decided to ditch the bass. bass. And um, I took a few uh, lessons for one year and... Well, I have been singing karaoke and that kind of stuff before, but not not actively in a band. Mm. So um, one year, one year, <laughs> I have practiced singing for now. Yeah, I've, I'm a late bloomer, you could say. I started <clears throat> I started playing music in in high school. Or, well, I I knew how to play the drums when I was in like, when I was like fourteen. But I didn't have drums at home. I only played them at school. And then I went to high school and I had completely forgotten how to play the drums during the summer and the, the autumn. And then I went to the, the music class that we had. It's obligatory in, in high school. And then there was a guy who was phenomenal on drums. So he played the drums and then I didn't have anything to do there. And so the music teacher was like, you're going to learn how to play the acoustic guitar. And so I was like 17, 16 or 17 when I started to learn the basics of playing the guitar. And I think I was 18. Yeah, I I had a couple of friends who I jammed with. We played some, we played like Carry On My Wayward Son and some Porcupine Tree songs that were easy enough on the guitar for me to sort of jam along. And our guitar amp broke down. But we had a, we had a, my friend had a bass and a bass amp, so I picked up the bass and I was like, hey, this is actually more fun because the ceiling for the guitar was just too high. I just couldn't, I didn't enjoy myself, but I noticed that on the bass I could keep up with my friends easier and then I basically fell in love with it instantly. And I was like, yeah, I was 18, so it's been 11 years now that I've played the bass. And it started with Porcupine Tree and other progressive stuff so not the easiest type of stuff to begin with i think i was like five or six when i first like like touched the guitar like electric 
guitar. We had this uh, really, really, really weird colored like uh, Fender Stratocaster clone. My dad had it's. I think it's from the sixties or something like that. It's really old. Uh, I touched it. I played it a bit. Like how how can you play at that age? Like not really well, of course. You, I played it for a bit. Uh, I was like, okay, not not my thing. Uh, five years later, I was like, okay, well, maybe it would be cool. Like everyone's fixing cars or like stuff like that, going to the woods. And I was like, okay, well, maybe guitar is my thing. It's lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I started. I started playing. Um, uh, so it's been like. 15 years like that, that that I have like act, actively played I think of course I'm not really that great of a player I mainly do simple riffs that sound good but um, I kind of find it uh, like cool that uh, if we do like new stuff I can challenge myself because I'm not really that talented I know how to play but I'm not really super fast or anything like that I just enjoy the powerful riffs and stuff like that so I can challenge myself every time I do a song, like maybe get some technique down that I haven't used or anything like that. How heavy was that 60s model? Uh, not really. <laughs> really? I think it was, yeah, I think it was like, uh, it's some like really cheap, like Korean or something like that. And it's not even like Japanese. I think they made uh, really few of those. But that's because they basically took some kind of like a main model that had the same specs and they invented a new like kind of maker for it just for that single model. And that's why there's so many of those like really weird names. I think I um, took it to a guitar shop at one point and uh, the guy just said, don't lose this. It's not really valuable, but it's really cool. I still have it there, but uh, I don't really play it that much. It sounds horrible now. <laughs> it, yeah, it's been in a warehouse like that doesn't have any heating or anything like that. So basically, the electrical parts are all messed up inside. You can get the sound out, but it's not really that great. If we ever make like a Western-themed uh, cowboy album, then it's going to be on, uh, used, of course. That it's good for. I remember uh, interviewing a guy that had a museum in the United States and they had a uh, guitar that was made for Jimi Hendrix that he never got to use because of his passing. And he said it weighed almost 16 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The old ones use really heavy woods. Of course, if it's cheap like the one I have there, then it's not really. <laughs> I think it's some kind of like plywood or something. I wanted to ask you each if you had any hobbies beyond music. Well, uh, okay, here you go. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually I've played American football here. <laughs> okay, and. Uh, I did play soccer and ice hockey, and I, basically I did all kinds of sports when I was when I was a kid. But then, uh, when I was sixteen, I started American football, and I played that for I played it four years then, and then I had a couple of years of break, and then I I think I played four years as an adult as well. 
I played last summer. I made a comeback last summer, and uh, that was the that that was it. Now I've I've hung up my cleats. We played the third highest level here, and we made it all the way to the semifinals, but lost. I think. I think we lost by just like seven zero the the semifinal, and I thought that I've I've had enough. Yeah, that sounds like my my sport stuff. Seven <laughs> zero. <laughs> well, in in uh, you guys don't know, but well, I think Robert knows, but Antetsanto <laughs> don't know that seven zero is like one one touchdown. It is. Yes, it's like losing one zero in a hockey game. Ah. Right. Well, that's not that bad then. <laughs> Santo was eager. Santo can go next. Okay. Well, uh, I don't. I have a few hobbies, of course, behind the music, and they're not that interesting. I just like to walk in the woods because um, the woods here in Finland are very nice, and I like the silence and the sounds of the nature birds and stuff and i also have this hungarian sighthound uh, dog that i take with me to the walks in the forest and i also like to stop for to put on a campfire and enjoy the enjoy the summer autumn whatever season it is going on i just like to walk in the woods and um, i also like fishing I have been fishing for two to three years, but now I've had one summer that I haven't gone to fishing because last year uh, we had we had the uh, we had the great gift and there was a baby girl for us. So oh. that baby girl is with with us now with me and uh, my partner Henna and. Uh, she takes a lot of our time and my time too, so there hasn't been enough time to go fishing for now. So just walking in the woods for now with my dog and hen. Yeah, it's kind of a same story with me in a sense that I don't really have that that many like interesting hobbies except for the music. Uh, yeah, but uh, the Finnish thing is that you go to the woods. It's just this, like, that's also for me. I uh, Especially when we were recording, like, you go on eight hours to listen to, uh, <laughs> like, recordings and takes and for the songs you have already uh, heard, like, a thousand times before, even before recording, uh, then you just need the kind of, like, uh, outside air and... Uh, it's it uh, really clears the mind i think you see all the especially during summer you see all the green stuff everywhere and uh, the lakes and stuff like that it really opens the mind and relieves the stress so that's a that's a uh, especially good thing when you have like stress from recordings and stuff like that uh, also uh, of course movies and video games are my passion for life so that's like all that I basically do apart from working. I also want to ask, uh, what's the best way to get merchandise from the band? <laughs> well, that is sending, a sending us a question. check. <laughs> Big fat check is good start. I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't have yeah. any 
at the moment to sell. Yeah, and... yeah. I I think we have been asked uh, before. We actually have the Bandcamp profile where you can buy the digital album, and some people actually have done that. I'm really surprised because uh, uh, I didn't think that anyone would buy it. Uh, it's just the same tracks, basically, that we have on Spotify and other platforms. But uh, I really want to thank people who bought it because it means a lot to us. Uh, especially during a time where no one, no one like buys anything anymore, like music or anything like that, like tracks. Uh, we're gonna uh, at some point we're gonna have like the normal stuff, like a physical album and uh, t-shirts, and we'll see what we can figure out. Um, but yeah, at the moment you can only buy the digital stuff. Yeah, we're looking into getting some, uh, ordering some uh, some shirts and then trying to get a physical album version of the Don't Bring Your Album out as well at some point, but we can't say anything, any release dates for those. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the thing is that, uh, well, if you just want to make some money off the record, you can just print the cheapest Chinese, like, dirt cheap T-shirt stuff and sell that, like, 20 25 euros but we want to do things right especially in uh, times like this when uh, well environmental stuff is really important we want to um we want to uh, make those shirts that uh, in a way that last and doesn't really uh, affect negatively on the environment so uh, when we are gonna get those it's gonna be well it might be a bit higher uh, price of course but uh, we're gonna uh, make them so that they actually last and not like two times in a washing machine and the texts go off. So sure. that's really important for us that it's like high quality and not just like give us all the money right now stuff. And uh, lastly, I wanted to ask you, if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? I have so many things I could say. <laughs> keep yeah, on rocking. Me too, but I could say, yeah, I could say keep on rocking and yeah. rock on and get heavy and all that kind of stuff. Just believe in yourself and um, have confidence in you because nobody's, nobody's great at the beginning. Everybody needs to do their job to get to the level that they can feel good. And I think having confidence in yourself is a very important thing. Yeah. And I'd like to say that your country is in picture and in video that I've seen is the most beautiful country I've ever seen. Oh, it's really? on my bucket list to come to Finland. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. really good. We just need to take care of it a bit more. Like we already do good stuff here, but uh, like, like everyone needs to pull their weight on that so it lasts that way too and uh on a side note um what are working shifts there like i heard uh like in read in different articles that schools are actually very sessions are short and that uh work sessions are short as well yeah. Yoni well, can tell about school stuff. He's a teacher, yeah. so I'm an English teacher actually. <laughs> yeah. I teach English and Swedish. Um, yeah, it's either forty-five minutes or ninety minutes at a time, and then there's a break uh, after each lesson, and 
school days are six hours at uh, or or less usually very rarely longer than six hours for for middle schoolers and basic education maybe in high school you might have longer days but um and and work as a teacher i like it i, I enjoy my job i'm not not in not in this band or in music in business in general to to sometimes sometimes make a living out of it that's it's a hobby for me and i i like teaching and i'm not looking to quit it because of the music if i have a chance to live with the music then i'll yeah i'll take it but i enjoy working as a teacher yeah the thing thing in finland is that uh yeah well i don't want to <laughs> take this to uh too political discussion but the main difference here is basically yeah of course the hours are gonna change depending on what you do but mostly we have like 40 hours a week uh, but since most people uh, most people are in a union of sorts at the workers union on their own fields then uh, we get some other benefits too like uh, summer vacations that are paid and stuff like that so like in a work sense it's really uh i really like the way we do things here in that sense yeah over here we look at um for most jobs well over 40 hours yeah um, that's what i heard sometimes too, yeah. 60 70 hours a week do you guys have like any paid holidays or stuff like that we do we do have paid holidays um i think there's uh, 13 a year Okay. But uh, it's uh, yeah. It, uh, when I read the articles on the uh, school sessions and the work, I was like, you know, things are probably more productive over there because you have more time with your family, your friends, and uh, you go in with a better attitude. Yeah, yeah actually, I, I think that's a, yeah. that's a very very huge part of that um, eight hour length of a work day. After that, I still have time to go walking in the woods and have time have time with my family, go to play with my child and stuff like that, and even have some time to make the music. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is that uh, yeah, well, of course, at some sometimes we're gonna have to do more work than what's like the normal, but. Uh, I think everyone does that like without frowning on it because uh, we mostly have like so good stuff going on here that you can actually have some other times and just working. I think at one point I read or listened a podcast that uh, was about American work culture and it was like that uh, you actually had more humane working hours before the World War II and then when uh, resources were needed uh, hours were like put on uh, like you had just to do more hours because of the war situation and at the end of the war when they should have dropped the hours back to normal they just didn't do it at any point so i think it comes from there or something like that yeah that's very true yeah but uh yeah since we only have like limited time here and uh and uh I don't think that like so much overwork is gonna make you more productive at some point. Uh, it's just that like human can only do so much after 
the quality suffers. Sure, I agree as well. And、uh, you know, a person that is happy and enjoys their life will enjoy their job more as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Well, I wanted to thank you guys for taking time to speak with me. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Well, thank you, Bob. Yeah, thank you. Keep thank on you. rocking. <laughs> yeah, thank you for inviting us over. And, It's、uh, a great to have an album that is a great escape, and、uh, and provides some some goodness in a time that a lot of crazy stuff is going on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and we're not gonna we're not gonna just stand idle and、uh, let it go. Like we're gonna, of course, take on new challenges and make the next record even better. And yeah,、uh, that's a kind of、yeah. cliche to say, but、uh, yeah, we already have like solid plans on what we're doing, and not just rehashing the same formula all over again. We're gonna go in a bit of a different direction.、Um, Just lean on more on our strengths. I I think it's a good way to put it. Well,、yeah. I look forward to it. And you guys have a great rest of your day, my friends. Thank you. So to you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, same to you. All right. Take care. Cheers. Take Cheers. care. Bye. Bye. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button, and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.